I thought about this because I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about uh, why when somebody dies, do we the last visual that we want of them is to be dead in, in a box. Right. And then and then watch that box be lowered into the ground or whatever, you know, whatever that is. And they were basically saying that they think celebrations of life is a lot better thing because the last time you seen that person, they were probably alive and, you know, you had a good interaction with them or something like that. And now you can just celebrate the life that they had versus doing, you know, a an open casket kind of a viewing and stuff. I don't know. It, it just, it's just always felt weird to me. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that they, that they do it. I don't know. It just, it just feels weird. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Hey, my brothers and sisters, thank you once again for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, I want to remind you all to check out truenutrition.com for all of your nutrition and supplement needs. I just picked up some whole food vitamins and some vitamin D3 to help me ward off the evil COVID spirits, and you can too. When you get finished shopping and go to check out, be sure to use the code CEPN for a 5% discount on your total order. Also, be ever so kind and subscribe to the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast Network wherever you stream your podcast, including YouTube for video content and TikTok for those riveting clips, so that you can keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. Now for this episode, Colt and I host a Cerebral Chat that we titled, Let the Legend Show Her Butt. During this episode, you will hear us discuss the passing of Betty White. COVID cancel culture and some conspiracies that abound, more conspiracies regarding technology and the notion that there is tech that us common folk isn't aware of yet, death and funerals, the humorous and hauntingly accurate movie Don't Look Up, and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time, once again, to keep your brains warm. Hey everybody, welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. In studio today, man. Both of us. Back in studio today. It feels yeah. good to be back to the Cerebral Studios here, man. Yeah, it had to be the day that it snowed and iced, too, overnight. Yeah. But, it okay, so last week, or well, the week before last, last time we recorded, we talked about how it didn't feel like Christmas. Right. If I mean, it wasn't like anything massive last night, but it was like the first good snowish sleety ish kind of thing would it have felt more like christmas if we had this on christmas to you yes yeah yeah definitely yeah but it makes me wonder you know people like in southern california they never have cold christmas like i say never i don't think they ever do because it's always at least 70 degrees there and above right so does it ever feel like christmas there so i, I think that's probably a regional thing right so we're used to here, especially in the Midwest, in Missouri, we have typically cold Christmases. You, you like to see snow, but even if it doesn't snow on or around Christmas, sometimes there's snow before, almost always there's snow shortly after or around the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you like to see snow on Christmas because, it, you're, you're, I don't know, you're always dreaming of a white Christmas, whatever. Well, I mean, I, I guess kind of like if if you if you don't know you don't know kind of thing with with it like if you're in LA all your life and mm. you you don't you you know not really ever seen snow right you don't need the snow to make christmas feel like christmas i True. guess right yeah. they're like well, this bing crosby what's he talking about <laughs> dreaming of a white christmas <laughs> <laughs> we know we know what he was talking <laughs> about <laughs> smoking crack uh-huh bing 
Anyway, though, yeah, it was. It got blistering cold mm-hmm. last night. It still is. I think it was nineteen degrees. Yeah, on the way in. So yeah, it's one of those like really really cold, chill to the bone type of days. But I we w- haven't had any of those yet. This is the first time, and it's January two. Yeah, I uh, I was actually worried about waking up today that I might be sick from like a cold because mm. we actually got in the hot tub last night. Ah, uh, and. Like when you're in the hot tub, you don't feel the cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it wasn't like at midnight. So, I mean, it was still kind of warmer, but it was still, it was probably like 30s or 40s when we were in it. Yeah. Um, and there was some time where like the hot tub was hot. So I would like, you know, kind of sit up out of it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a perfect, like one cancels out the other kind of thing. Like I'm a hot and cold at the same time. So I feel good. That I'm just like out there thinking, I'm probably going to be sick tomorrow. Yeah. But no, I woke up fine. So that's a, that's a plus. That's good. I'm glad you did. Yeah. But dude, hot tubs are so cool to have in the, when it's cold. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I covered it. I put some sheet metal over the top of it now. Oh. So if it rains and snows and stuff, we can still go out there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. So, yeah. It's been... Good times. Good yeah. for you too, the hot tub is. It is. Good for the muscles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's, it's already been an interesting year. Of course, right before the year turned over, we are now in 2022, which mm-hmm. is crazy yes, to think about. Yeah. But we are in the year 2022, and right before, the day before the year turned over, we lost Betty White. Yep. And I know a lot of people are out there talking about Betty White. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many cheesy posts saying, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> which is the the theme song right to the uh-huh. golden girls yeah and betty white can't hear you and neither can any of the other golden girls now they're all dead mm-hmm. but yeah it was we lost a national treasure with betty white she was just that one person that you just hoped would never die it was inevitable but i thought she at least lived to be 117 well like t- two things with that one is that did you see they were like building up this huge uh, birthday party for her for her hundred. Oh, I bet. Yeah, like a bunch of celebrities were going to be involved and everything. Like this huge event they were building up for this month. Yeah, I was going to say it was in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but I made this post on on Facebook uh, saying that like for the last few years, every time I see a picture of Betty White come through my my feed, yeah, I'm like, like my heart sinks a little bit. I'm like, no. Don't no, it can't be. Don't don't take Betty White. Don't take Betty White. Mm-hmm. And then this final one, like, really made my heart sink. And you know what really sucks is that when something like that happens and you see it on social media, you have to that you have to research to see if it's real. That's what sucks. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, as soon as I seen it, like my my mom was here with me, and I told her, and she goes, "No, there's no way." I was like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I was like, I've looked at five news articles that are telling me that she passed away. Yeah. And that's what I had to do to make sure that it was real, that it wasn't just, you know, clickbaity stuff. Uh huh. Same. Yeah. Same. Because I've seen a lot of people die that didn't actually die. Yep. <laughs> so you've got to make sure you look at the source. Like that, there, there was uh, probably besides Betty White, the two biggest for me that I just couldn't believe uh, was Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Of course. Uh, and Chester Bennington, those two. When I when I seen those, it took me half the day to believe, like a lot of research, and half the day to believe that this was actually happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, though, Betty White should have been a little easier to believe. 
I mean, she yeah. was 99, almost 100 years old. She was yeah. two weeks out from being 100. So, mm-hmm. but the, I mean, the point is you can't trust the clickbaity stuff. But yeah, losing the younger people, that's that, that's a tough one. Kobe was a tough one. Well, you know, the other thing that sucks too is that when I, like the first question that was asked to me when it happened was, was it because of COVID? Or did it say how she passed? Right. Or something like that. And it just sucks that we've got to, like that that's what we're dealing with right now is that's the first question is, was it COVID that took them? It, I think everybody does that though, right? Yeah, they have. I mean, everybody. It's, a, it's just the thing right now. It's the first thing you wonder, was it COVID? Mm-hmm. And why? Why is, I mean, I mean, I get why, but why does it matter? I guess, especially when someone is 100 years old. Yeah. It's like anything, I mean, could have could have killed her. She could have slipped and fell and it could have killed her. But our first thing is, was it COVID? Mm-hmm. We just want to know. Right. Um, it's the sign of the times we live in. COVID yeah. is everywhere and it is everything. And probably the biggest highlight, I would say, of the past two years, unfortunately, has been COVID. And and you, do, you, don't, you don't know when it's going to not be the headline anymore, right? It's like as soon as it, as soon as it feels like we've got a, a grasp on it, oh, it, it, there's a surge halfway across the country in, in it again, and it's like, yeah, what do we? I'm, we've, we've talked. I know we've talked about this, and we've dug, we butchered it and everything, but I don't. I, I'm so torn between, like, and it's so much worse because I have a newborn mm-hmm. that I want. Like, I'm on the more conservative side with it. Like, you can't not live your life at all because of this. And then my wife's on the other side. Like, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I'm pay- I'm taking care of my son. Right. Because I couldn't live with myself if he, if, if I could have done, done anything. anything. Even right. if it would, even if he's around someone that has it she's going to put it on herself that I could have not let him be around that person yeah, or whatever, you know? And, you know, it's going to be a little easier now because the holidays are over with. We've gotten through the holidays and all of that, you know, mess is kind of yeah go- gone for now. Uh, so we don't have to necessarily be around a bunch of people or mm-hmm. anything like that. I mean, we did cancel, not because of COVID, but because of sickness. We did cancel our Christmas with like extended family and stuff like that this year. Um, we just did close family and the, uh, I, I've I heard some interesting stories about people who with newborns who are actually making like basically telling their family, if you want to be around our kid, I want you to go get tested and mm-hmm. um, like um, right before. And, and I want to wear and, a full Tyvek suit uh-huh. from head to toe. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I want to see the, the negative test and yeah. you know, that those kinds of things. And I know that sounds exaggerated. But I don't know that it should be, you know. Well, I mean, you know, that's it's interesting because it's kind of counter counterintuitive to what we're used to with with kids. Now, newborns are a little different. You're you're a little more careful with newborns, but kids in general, I mean, they're they're supposed to be playing in dirt. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're little bacterium germ magnets. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're supposed to get sick, so their immunities can build up. COVID's kind of changed things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of changed things for everybody. I hadn't seen your son in a while, and I noticed myself today just not want, still not wanting to get too close. Uh-huh. And I get tested all the time. You yeah. know, it, it's inherent within my job, but I still just want to be so careful, you know, mm-hmm. because he's still so little. COVID's changed the way that we we look at things, you know, and it's you know usually I hear this talked about a lot, you know, back in the day when we were kids. 
when it came to chicken pox, you know, parents, and I don't know if they still do this, but they would have like chicken pox parties or, or whatever. They, they didn't yeah. they didn't shelter you from getting chicken pox because you wanted to get it when you were a small kid. Right. Sucked while you had it, but it's a lot better than getting it later. And once you got it, you're, you know, you've got your immunities built up. Your antibodies are built up so you don't have to worry about it anymore. Right. Um, we're not like that with COVID, you know, because it's such a scary thing, mm-hmm. uh, even though, you know, uh, it's not nearly as bad for kids uh, in general. Once again, newborns are a little bit different. Yeah. But I think, you know, once you get past that year mark and in two years, uh, there's very little evidence that it's it's that dangerous for kids like it is for adults. Did your kids have it? COVID? No. Chicken pox. Chicken pox. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if they did. I don't think they have. I was, it seems like a month or two ago, I was having this conversation with my wife about this. I don't remember the last time that I heard of someone, even someone's kids getting chicken Don't pox. they give vaccines for that now? I mean, is that why? I think so. I know, that might be a stupid question. I, I believe so. I, I believe you get chicken pox vaccines now in, in, in your, okay. in the, the cocktail of vaccines you get now oh, as a kid. I okay. believe that's one of them. Okay. Because it's a good question. I, I, I got it in kindergarten. I remember it. But is like that like a, is that like a one one and done lifetime? Yeah, I think so. Hmm. I guess so. But yeah, it's a good question. You made me think about. It. I was like, I don't think my kids have had it, but I do think it's it's a. And I could be wrong. I have to look it up to be for sure. I might be talking so, about I mean, my yin yang. I mean, if that's the case, it would have had to have been like in the not so distant past that that vaccine came out, right? Yeah. Because we're talking, like you just said, you know, they used to have like parties to where they wanted their kids to get it and get over it. Right. Kind of thing. But that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I had it when, like I said, when I was in kindergarten. So that, you know, roughly 35, 36 years ago. Yeah. So that long ago, it was still a thing. Huh. I don't know, man. It's it's funny how we get caught off track like that. We don't even realize some of the things that are going on now. And their mom would know. Yeah, uh, whether or not they got a chicken pox vaccine, <laughs> um, it's not necessarily on my radar. But yeah, it wasn't that long ago. But anyway, COVID's kind of changed things. Mm-hmm. It's turned everybody upside down. You want to be super careful, but you know, there's there's a lot of people also saying in a way that's that's also what's it's a it's a double sided coin, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, you want to be safe. You don't want to be the one to to get grandma sick and have her pass away on you. But at the same time, we're we're not like getting out there as much and getting through all this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like building up those antibodies. Like over time, isn't that what, how this is going to have to happen? Because obviously, the, the vaccine's not crushing this. There, there was no flattening the curve. You know, this this is something that isn't going anywhere. It seems like it's going to be here to stay, and it's just going to take some time for people to. For, it, it's basically it, get used to it and. and just build up your your antibodies so that it doesn't kill people anymore. It's just like more like the common cold and the flu. Yeah, but I mean, if you wanted to look at conspiracy theory type stuff, it's like, well, they're not letting us do that because it's like we're going from one variant to another to another. So it's like, well, just as soon as everything starts clearing up with this one, here comes another one. Yeah, you know. But oh, that that vaccine that you had before. All, it's not as good against it, it helps but it's not as good against this new variant right so you're probably gonna want to get this vaccine too yeah and yeah you you see all the memes it's like uh somebody that looks like the walking dead after their 47th vaccine booster and you know this that and the other it's pretty yeah. funny and there's a lot of a lot of craziness now and some of the conspiracies are, are starting to get more mainstream 
with the uh, what was his name? I'm terrible with names. Last name Malone, but he's supposed. No, no, no. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> <laughs> those are the only ones I got. <laughs> Neither one of those. <laughs> this guy is some kind of a doctor. Okay. And he was supposedly one, at least one of the guys that uh, created the uh, mRNA. Okay. Um, technology. Yeah. So he was he was on Rogan's podcast just the other day, and he is going, coming out against you know the vaccine. He's not a conspiracy theorist, you know, per se, because he's he's kind of you know he's in the know. He's a scientist. He's a doctor. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't agree with the way that it was rolled out and the way things have been done. And in today's climate, you can't do that because Fauci and his gang is going to shut you down. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually it's pretty interesting to see it all play out because yes, I still listen to some Alex Jones every once in a while. Why? Because I find him <laughs> entertaining and. I think that within all the his craziness and uh, all the, the the just the crazy stuff that comes out of his mouth, I think there's there's still nuggets of truth and, and it sparks my imagination and gets me looking at the way things are. And you can relate some of the things that Alex is saying now to the things that are actually going coming out a little more mainstreamish, but you st- see it getting shut down, which just reinforce and emboldens some of the conspiracy quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Type of talk that comes out, and so they're you know the the mainstream from their from their silence and their silencing of people the 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 fact that they won't let you talk about some things without shutting you down and and canceling you maybe even because this guy this Malone guy got canceled from Twitter they they um, expunged him they they canceled his uh, account and, and you know they what am I looking for there but they deleted him off Twitter well you know for, from talking about. This stuff that he's actually a scientist and does, you know, that's pretty wicked. Well, I mean, I probably shouldn't say this because I don't remember her name, but there was a a a, um, a person I just seen the article this morning about how they shut down her social media because she was putting out wrong inform or misinformation about COVID. I okay, I haven't done the research to see it, but if but in my brain when I see it's. It basically is telling me, well, they're putting out information that doesn't go along with the agenda of COVID. Right. I don't know that that's misinformation. I, I haven't looked at it to see, but I'm, and I don't mean her specifically. I mean, in general, if someone is canceled, their like their social media is shut down because of misinformation of COVID. I think people need to do their research on that and mm-hmm. see what they were actually putting out there because yeah. it may not be. It may not be so, like they just, they're just trying to shut them down so they're not saying things that go against their agenda is basically what I'm trying to say. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That once again just reinforces the quote unquote conspiracy side of things. Yeah. It's like, well, if, if there is no true conspiracy, then why are they trying to shut them down? You know, I'm not saying that the conspiracies are correct. Well, it's hard. To, it's, it's also hard to say that anything's a conspiracy because COVID's real. Like it's there, it's out there, and there, and it seems like we're doing everything we can, but are we? Kind of. It's like we're we're, yeah. we're jumbling it. I I don't I don't know, but it's it's hard to, for something to be there and to be real, and we know that it is killing people. To think that oh well, there's conspiracy behind it is hard to hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to look at. Well, and I, I we're probably beating a dead horse here, but some of the things that they won't talk about a the fact that it. It come out of a, a part of China 
where there was a lab where they were actually studying this very thing, but they won't talk about the fact that it could have possibly come from a lab. Mm -hmm. They just shut it down just immediately. And I think, you know, I think it was probably just negligence. Like they, they, they accidentally let it out of the lab is, is what I would imagine. I, I doubt that anybody would have done this on purpose unless they were a true doomsday type of player. And if, if you've ever seen the movie 12 Monkeys where that guy gets the, the – he had a virus and he let it go. Uh, he took – he got a plane ticket – uh, and he went from all all cities around the world. They went through the whole list of them, and he had these vials, and it was colorless and odorless, and it was a gas. And he would open it. Obviously, he was going to die too, but he was a doomsday guy. He he thought that the planet Earth needed to be wiped clean of humanity. Basically, if you, it would take somebody like that, pretty much, in, in order for this not to be just an accident. But they won't let you talk about the accident, the possibility that's an accident. No, 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 it can't be. It came from bats. The end. So- don't, don't talk about anything else. Okay, so it's very broad when you say accidentally let it out of the lab. What do you mean by letting it out of the lab? Like in my in my brain, it's like a vial breaks on the ground. Like it's a movie type of deal, right? A yeah. vial of it breaks on the ground and all of a sudden somebody gets infected and that person doesn't know they're infected but flies to the U.S. and then all of a sudden now we have this surge of something that started in China. Is that... Kind of what you mean by letting it out of the lab, I mean, or what does that mean? I guess that could be a possible scenario, but it could be something as simple as someone didn't go through the the proper like post lab hygiene, right? So they didn't okay. they 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 didn't you know they they took their their headgear off too soon, or they didn't wash their hands if they touched something that was contaminated, and from there the rest is COVID history, right? Gotcha. Who knows? Okay, but I think I I think that's possible, but. They won't let you talk about that. You know, that, that's a big no-no. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that they shut conversations like that down, not our, when we could sit here and talk about it, don't get me wrong, but if anybody that has like a, a, a wide audience, like in, any of your major networks or anybody you know, anywhere, they just, they, they shut you down. Like it's not even a possibility. Have you heard, have you heard of the conspiracy about China buying up a bunch of land in the U.S. and that this was a this was done on purpose to thin the herd, quote unquote. unquote. No, I haven't heard that one in particular. I, mean, I know China has bought up a lot of land in our country. They, I, bought, I, they, I just, they also own the ports, which is a, a huge thing. Right. It's yeah, it's crazy. Just but. an interesting thought. Like if you're if you're looking into conspiracy, it's just an interesting thought to think that mm-hmm. okay, if this did come out of China, and China is buying up a shitload of land in the US. What's the reasoning behind that? Is there are they are they linked? Are yeah. are they trying to thin the herd of Americans to I don't know if like some kind of a takeover or what that really looks like, but Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Just curious. I mean, yeah, but the 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 problem with that is that it started in China in their own, you know, country in, in a particular spot in their country and went everywhere. Like, yeah. it'd be different if it even just originated in True. the USA, but yeah. could still be the case. I mean, you can listen to Alex Jones. He's got some good ones. He's always got good conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of his is just, it's all about the elite. It's always about the elite, you know, the super rich, your Bill Gates and, and people of that nature. He likes Elon. Elon Musk is good. Because Elon, he even, you know, he kind of talks against wokeness and things like that, too. Um, so Elon pretty much, even though he can be a Tony Stark type of dude and really if he wanted to put on Iron Man suit and just rule the world he probably could I like a lot of I mean there's no doubting that he's done maybe the most for technology in in the history of ever 
for the world, pretty close to it. And but there's like I, I don't know I don't know if I like him still. Like I do, but I I don't know if I do. Yeah, just because you know people can use powers for good or evil, and I'm not saying that he would use it for evil. But I, I don't know. When you've got as much money and power as what he does, though, and his power isn't like someone that I feel like like Bill Gates. Bill Gates has been, it, it's come out recently, he's put hundreds of millions, I think. It, it's, it's definitely in the millions. I think it's hundreds of millions into different um, media companies, right? Mm-hmm. Why would someone do that? Why would a super rich guy like that want to put so much money into media companies. And by media, I mean like news organizations, things like that. Because he can, he has the money to control what comes out of those media he's, companies? He's trying to control the narrative, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that's that's the kind of power that automatically he's he's a bad person. And he, he's got more things against him than that. He's, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if I told you the story. I think I did. Uh, Russell Brand's talked about it a little bit. Uh, someone else has too. I can't remember who, but Bill Gates is buying patents to seeds yeah. to grow stuff, and and he's putting people in India, the country, <laughs> if it would be something else, but he's putting people out of the farmers out of business, and they're committing suicide. Like it's not just one or two. Like there's there's a lot of them actually killing themselves because it's their it's their livelihood, and Bill Gates is is making them. He's taking the seeds and engineering them genetically so that you can't reuse them. Like that's the way that seeds work, right? You grow something. They also have seeds and you get those seeds, you grow them again. Well, that's making, they're making these seeds where they don't grow anymore. You can't use the seeds from them anymore or they don't even produce seeds. So you can, you can genetically modify these plants. And so he's, he's, they're doing that because he's got the money and the power to do so. Then he's patenting the seeds. So now he owns the food source, right? That's evil. Now, I I don't know. Elon, I don't know how that works. Like, because aren't they, aren't they screwing themselves in the long run? Because it's only like a one use thing, right? Yeah, but he owns the seeds. So, I, I but you have to j- just keep genetically modifying seeds to not reproduce or recreate themselves. I mean, I guess then, if you, I, I guess how if, do you get a second generation? Yeah, with, right. Yeah, you just don't. But so that's what I'm saying. Like they're screwing themselves in the long run because there's no, but I guess if you have the money, it doesn't matter. But you know, you're not, I don't know, man, that seems, that seems like a tricky yeah, I, I don't get scenario, it especially for longer down the, you know, a ways down the road, several right. generations down the road. What are we looking at after that? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Weird. I, I don't know. Um, but Elon, with, with the kind of money and the kind of at least potential power that he has, it's just like he's one decision away from being Dr. Evil or something, you know? Yeah. And I agree with you because I I don't know whether to really like... I don't, I don't think you can. I mean, you can think he's funny or, or smart or whatever, but I don't think you can actually say that he's a good person. Um, well, I, they, he's, 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 he's different. He's got too yeah. much like... I Which, I mean, to be as smart as he is, you know, most people that are that smart are different yeah. i guess like um that's as far as i'm gonna go i don't want to insult anybody but you know different but i don't my, my, my thing is like if if something were to happen to him and he's got all this mo- like who takes over with all of that now right like his he's got all this money in media and in all these things 
it doesn't have to be him that uses any of this for evil. He could be the the True. you know have the purest soul in the world and and just want to do things to benefit us and benefit the human race and things like that. And that's that's great. But if he passes away, something happens to him. Who's got the who who's yeah. got their finger on the pulse at that point? Yeah, right? somebody's that, that that technology gets passed on to someone, mm-hmm. right? All of his, yeah. And so, it's a great question because he's one that speaks against like speaks like it with caution about AI and about other technologies, and he speaks out against wokeness, the woke culture, and things like that. So. It seems like he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders for him being in the position that he's in. Yeah. But yeah, who gets, if someone gets their hands on the kind of technology that he has created and the things that he's supported and privy to, that could be a a pretty bad thing. Like if it was, if it was Bill Gates or it was, you know, whoever, George Soros, whoever it is that had the same kind of, intelligence and intellect and the, the ideas that propel Elon Musk to do to do the things that he does we might be in trouble we may have a true doctor evil on our hands i guess maybe there there's something to be said for him having as much money as he does because money probably isn't something that sways his decisions on what he does and how he does some things like that uh, that could majorly affect like the human race and stuff you mm-hmm. know like maybe politics doesn't come into play near as much because normally with politics, it takes money to sway you to make this decision over this decision kind of thing. Maybe he, because he has enough money and enough say, it doesn't have, he didn't really have to worry about that. Or we don't have to worry about that, it, maybe. It seems like for him, he's on a kind of a different level than most. Because he scoffs at politicians. Yeah. I think I think it was Elizabeth Warren said something like, uh, paraphrasing it, but something about Elon not paying anything in taxes or whatever. And, and, and he he and this is on tweets and he tweeted back something like, "I pay more in a year than most people pay in their entire lifetimes," he said. And uh, but I'm sure you'll find a way to spend it. And he said, "Oh wait, you just I'm sure you just did or something like that." Right. And she's a senator representative of something, who is you know always they they spend money. It's what they do. Yeah. They, they look for things to spend it on. Right. And so he just fires right back at him. I don't hear about him like Bill Gates trying to buy media outlets so that he can control the narrative of things. Yeah. Elon, he goes on Joe Rogan and smokes weed and his <laughs> stock drops like 10 points or whatever it was. Yeah. It dropped a lot. People got real worried. Yeah. But then it wasn't a month or two ago, whatever. He made the most in the least amount of time than anybody in the world. It's like 16 billions he made, 16 billion dollars he made just, you know, just over nothing. Right. Just like in a matter of a day or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what happened. I just what saw it in that, passing. What was that thing about like Dogecoin? Wasn't he was supposed to go on? Was it like Saturday Night Live or something that he went on and, and he, he just was, mentioned it? I think. Yeah, and they they were going to say that he was going to mention it and the stock was going to fly, but apparently he like. Did, I, I don't remember what it was. Did he badmouth it or something? Because the stock plummeted instead of skyrocketing like they thought, I think. I don't know exactly what happened. I just know that he was involved in it and just kind of showed his sway. But if he wanted to do something like that, he totally could. Yeah. You know, he could just speak the name, which I wish he would do with Shiba Inu so that my Shiba Inu would skyrocket. <laughs> well, uh, before we get off the topic of technology, did you see the post that Joe Rogan made the other day about drone thing? I don't think so. It's like this drone, it was sitting on a table and it raises up on its side and then just 
flies, like takes off at like 100 miles an hour, like extremely fast and uh, and then like flies around and stuff. And he just made the comment. He said, this is the kind of stuff that the government makes and is letting us see. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine what kind of things they aren't letting us see? And it's just an interesting thought to have like Mm -hmm. what's actually out there. And I was thinking about uh, we went to Vegas like six, seven years ago, something like that. And while we were flying to Vegas, like once we got into Nevada, it was all just desert land, right? And a buddy that was with us, uh, he is in the military, and he he just kind of made like a, a small comment to me about like, you have no idea what's underneath you right now. Like that there there's so much like testing and all that kind of stuff that happens out in like the desert where, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to affect anybody or anything while they're out there doing it. It was just a weird, like I started thinking about that. Like, man, there's there, it's hard. We would not want to know probably what is that, what they've actually built and what's actually out there. Yeah. Yeah. I actually hear Rogan on his show. Talk about that from time to time uh, with different people that he talks to. He likes to get into the stories about, you know, the possibility of UFOs, things like that sometimes. And I know I, I've, I've held this line of thinking for quite some time that if there, there are things, there are UFOs and things of that nature that we do see. But my thinking is that it's technology that's already here. We, yeah. we just don't know about it yet. Yeah. And know? I think I, I want to say he said that in that post too, something like anytime the topic of, you know, UFOs or extraterrestrial life or something like that comes up, he's like, this is why I think that it's technology that we already have is yeah. because of, and it's just because of this little drone thing that he was showing. But I mean, it's, I'll have to show you the video when we get off, off air. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I, that's, that's, I've seen some, I, I, think I've mentioned it at least once on this show before, but I've seen unexplained things a couple of times in my life. But after thinking about it, I've, I've just about been convinced that it was probably some of, you know, somebody's technology, whether it's the U.S. or Russia or China, somebody has the technology out there that would just blow your mind. Yeah. You know, they talk about that. Joe has talked about that craft. There's a video of it somewhere, I guess. He's talking. I've never seen it. I've never taken the time to look at it, but... It's a craft, and it goes from like, I think either it goes from like ten feet off of the off the surface of the water up to like thirty thousand feet, just like that. Which is, you know, we don't have supposedly anything that does that. Just whoop, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and it comes back down, and then goes into the ocean, and that's where that was it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of technology, obviously, is something that would completely blow our minds. Yeah. Or the kind of technology that could, you know, completely see through walls, or or something a laser from the satellite from a satellite dish over, you know, the Earth can pinpoint a person and drill a hole in their skull. Yeah, you know, something like that. I mean, I, I'm sure all that stuff is out there. You know, speaking of the ocean, uh, I was talking to somebody about this a while back, and I it, sh- it was another Joe Rogan thing that made me think about this. But we talk about like we're always talking about space it seems like in the media, like we're, we're going to Mars to, we're going to, you know, wherever. Uh, but we actually know so much more about space than we do about what's in the actual ocean, which is on earth. Like when, when you're talking about like, you know, hundreds of miles down 
that we can't get to because the pressure is so hard. But there's fish that live down there and just massive, mm-hmm. like, like what the actual size of a squid or an octopus is. The fact that an octopus is a real thing and is down <laughs> right. in the, in the ocean is, I mean, I, it, it kind of scare it, it scares the living crap out of me to think about what is actually down there. You know, it's just like maybe once a year or something you see uh, a post or something come through social media of something that washed onto a shore or something like that. And it's just this wicked looking animal that nobody's ever seen before in their life. Looks like an alien. Yeah, it looks like an alien, but that's actually, that was here. That was on the earth. It's mm. just so crazy. Yeah. They found life that lives down in some of those those vents down at the bottom of the ocean where, it, I don't know, it's like thousands of degrees hot, and it's coming from the Earth's core, and it's Whoa. like bubbling. Some of some of it is like bubbling with like um, liquid hot magma, <laughs> and it's coming up from underneath the, the ocean floor, mm-hmm. and it's causing this um, kind of like a hot tub effect, and it's bubbling, and super hot and you would think that no life form could ever like exist in that kind of atmosphere that climate and they have found life in those in those conditions and so they're thinking okay it's kind of broadened the 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 science the the people who study these things and imagine these things it's broadened their horizons as to what kind of possible life forms could be in space because we kind of get caught in a, a way of thinking that, you know, carbon-based life form, which is what everything is on Earth, um, and it can only live in certain kinds of temperatures and things like that. Um, that's those kinds of uh, places, those things they found in those places has caused their imaginations to kind of branch out and think, well, you know, what other kind of possibilities could there be with life? I mean, and so they I look mean, in different I guess spots. There, there's, there's adaptations for everything, mm-hmm. right? Like every, from the beginning of life in general, like there's been adaptations over over time for certain mammals or animals or bugs or whatever to live in certain conditions, and it, it's it's nuts. Yeah. So life is pretty crazy, <laughs> and. <laughs> I want to see where you go with this segue. Well, in, in that respect, <laughs> so is death and the way that we view death. Uh, good point. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it, as human beings, it, first of all, um, you know, picture this. Like, and it's a, there's a gradient here. I've heard this conversation on, on the nature of consciousness, too. Like, I've heard discussions here recently it could be even something like, is a rock, does a rock, is it, is it like something to be a rock? Does a rock have consciousness, right? Is a rock experiencing being a rock? I think it's pretty safe to say that no, a rock doesn't. But it just kind of gets you to think about things outside of the box. So when it comes to death, because rocks don't die, they, they break apart, right? As far as we know, they don't die. But how about a tree or just a plant? Let's say a flower. You know, flowers, they bloom for a short season and then they, they croak, they die, they, they wither up, right? Mm-hmm. So is it something to be like a flower? Does, does the flower experience being a flower? Does it have a conscious awareness of being a flower? It's kind of hard to imagine that, but maybe if you think outside of the box of what we know as consciousness, 
But we don't typically mourn the dying of a flower. For one thing, the flower is beautiful. It's pretty. But, it, you know, it's not like we see it as having a family and having aspirations. And a flower is a flower. It's what it does. It dies, but there'll be more flowers that's going to look just like it. Yeah. Um, now, let's look at, like, a dog. You look at a dog. I have seen dogs and cats, and I've seen video, like on television or something, of other animals doing this. But if uh, an animal like a cat or a dog, one of their young dies, I've seen that that cat and dog. I've seen both. I've seen them mourn over that dead uh, uh, offspring that they had. Mm-hmm. I've seen them mourn their their ch- their child yeah. that that passed away. I've also seen. I had a dog that had a best friend, another dog, and that dog died. And that dog that that remained, the one that survived, that the one got killed in a car uh, car hit it. Um, the one that kept living though mourned that passing of the other dog and never ate again, starved itself to death. It Jeez. mourned itself to death, man. It was the craziest thing. That that was my dog. So animals do mourn the death of other animals. So yeah. they have some kind of there's something, there there's a consciousness, there's something working within those animals to realize what it is to be like alive to the extent that when their their friend, another one of them dies, they have the wherewithal to mourn the passing. Or or at least the the awareness that that, that other animal isn't there with them anymore and it makes them sad. Right. right? So they have that awareness. Now you keep on coming up to a human being. Obviously as humans, we get attached to other humans, especially our family and friends and, and even our Betty Whites, you know, and people mm-hmm. are Chester Bennington's and Kobe Bryant's. We get attached to those other human beings and when they pass, we mourn. So there's a gradient there of consciousness and the awareness of life and you know, on the flip side of that, of course, death. So what happens when someone dies, though? And this is kind of something that we're leading into is that we find ways to we find ways to travel down through that transitional period. So there's the transition from someone being alive to now they're dead. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna bury them in the ground. We're gonna cremate them. Something like that. I personally would like to get shot off into space or something. Something a little different. Mm-hmm. Not not like my ashes. I mean my whole body. Just like shot off into. Not even in a rocket. Just find a way to propel me up there. Huh. I, don't, I don't know. It's just just an idea. I'll think about it. <laughs> if you can make it happen, <laughs> I'd appreciate it. Does it have to be after you die? That's <laughs> <laughs> that's up for debate, I guess. But. The question is, what, what's the best way to do that, and, and, and why do we do those things? Now, we, now, this is just a discussion that you and I started pre-recording, and we don't have a lot of like the background for this particular episode to like look back and say, okay, well, this is why you know the viewing of a dead body started. Mm-hmm. But just based off of your, I guess, just your life experience. Have you been to a lot of funerals where there's a viewing of a body and, you know, it's kind of a, a mourning and, and things like that? And what's your overall perception of what's going on there? Is it good? Is it bad? Do you like it? You don't? Kind of guide me through your, your experience with funerals. I mean, I've been I've been to quite a few funerals, friends fa- and family and stuff. And I, it's just always, which I mean, is to be expected. It's always got like a weird aura around it. Like, you know, as soon as you walk in, it's just like, instantly a somber 
feeling like, you know, everybody's sad and stuff. And I just, I thought about this cause I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about, uh, why when somebody dies, do we, the last visual that we want of them is to be dead in, in a box. Right. And then, and then watch that box be lowered into the ground or whatever, you know, whatever that is. And they were basically saying that they think celebrations of life is a lot better thing because, the last time you seen that person, they were probably alive and, you know, you had a good interaction with them or something like that. And now you can just celebrate the life that they had versus doing, you know, a, an open casket kind of a viewing and stuff. I don't know. It, it just, it's just always felt weird to me. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that they that they do it. I don't know. It just it just feels weird. Right. Yeah. I guess some people look at it as, well, you get to see them one last time. And, you know, they can put them in makeup and they can put them in nice clothes and stuff like that. And, but to hear somebody say like, oh, they look so beautiful or whatever, it's like, okay, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're still not alive, you yeah. know, and that's still the last thing you're going to see before they, of them before they, you know, go away forever. So I, I don't know, it's just, it's just so weird. And I'd never thought about it. I never thought about why we, why we do viewings or why it was ever anybody's idea. Like, where did the whole embalming thing come from? Like where, and I know we could probably research all this and get mm -hmm. these answers, but it's just fun to just throw these, this, these questions back and forth. Uh, you know, where, like where did the embalming thing come from? When did we decide, okay, when a person passes away, we're going to make technology to where we can put something in the body and then show the, that body to all their friends and family one last time and then put them in the ground. I, I don't know where that, I don't know where that comes from, but it's a weird thought process that that ever was a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. It, it, it just seems weird to me. Yeah. <laughs> I know I said that like 14 times, but it's weird. It, it is weird. It, it is, I guess, but I have some different perspective. I used to, I used to really, really, dislike funerals like i did not get it is like kind of kind of along the same lines as what you're saying but i would question why do i want to go see this person who is now dead and i'm seeing the empty shell that that they once inhabited basically right why do i want to go see that like why why is paying my last respects to them why am i respecting their dead body basically well, it, and it was a process for me to kind of come to a, a different perspective that I that I hold now. But one thing is the the first I guess shift that I experienced was that you're most of the time you're not going to pay respects to that person. If you had the chance, you should have done that before they died, right? Just to kind of give them that final like, hey, you're a cool person, and I'm glad that you've been around. Of course, we don't always get that chance when someone is chronically ill or something and we know they're going to pass. Obviously, we can go do that. Someone dies instantaneously by falling off a cliff or getting struck by lightning. Obviously, you don't have the chance to do that. So, you know, you should be making sure that you hold the perspective that you never know when something's going to happen and treat everybody accordingly. But you're there for the funeral, not for that person, but for the family, right? Um most of the time, that's the case. The only time where it's really not the case is when someone passes away and they have nobody. And I don't know if you would be surprised. If I didn't know, I would be surprised at some people who have absolutely nobody. 
they have a service just because I guess you know somebody the the county usually feels like there should be some kind of word said over the person. And like for the one of the facilities that I work with, you're gonna have like some of the nurses or whomever go and, and attend because there's nobody else there. And that's mm-hmm. just kind of sad, you know. Yeah. Even though the person is gone and they could care less because they're dead. They don't know it's just for us, you know, it's it's a sad thing to to realize that nobody else was there for that person. So you go and attend that. Otherwise, it's for the family. That was the big shift. The, the first shift I had was when I realized that. It's like, okay, I'm not going to see the dead person. I'm not going for them. I'm going for their family members who I want them to know how much, you know, I, that I, I respected this person or care for this person and how much I hope the best for them, right? So that was my big first shift. Uh, my, my other, my second shift was because you still, you can have, you know, like you said, uh, celebration of life parties instead of going to look at the dead body, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's something that's, and, and this could just be because it's it's the chicken or the egg, right? It could be it could be because simply that's how that I have we have all been enculturated to attend funerals because it's just the way it's always been, and so we come up with reasoning post instead of this being the reason to to have the funeral and to see the body. But I feel like there's something very human about looking at a dead person <laughs> that hits home it it, it kind of keeps you in check sort of kind of it should be impactful it's like you know what that's that's that person that was animated before right they had hopes and dreams and they said things they told jokes they told stories and they they had love they loved people and people loved them you know and they had a life and now they're gone, and that's the the body that they inhabited for a while, and now it's gone. It's just something that impacts me to to kind of uh, remind me that life is temporary, and, and that also there's something more than just that body that was that person, right? Mm-hmm. Because that person is like that; their body is still there, but the animation's gone. You know, the, they're not, they don't love anybody anymore, right? They, they don't have that, that uh, twinkle in their eye. You know, they, they're not telling stories or telling jokes anymore, mm-hmm. but, but they did. Um, so that person is, to me, there, there's something separate about that person than just that body. So kind of like a symbol of something else, like a... I, I I don't I don't know like like a symbol of just like that life is short I guess kind kind of a thing right or like that 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 could any day could be you that's laying in there not it, that it, person it will be me yeah right it will be all of us yeah you know mm-hmm. um, we're all going to die <laughs> at some point in time and that person's proof uh, it, it it reminds me that it's going to be me one day but it also reminds me that. You know, I guess the way that I would encapsulate it is that that person is also a spirit, right? That that their spirit's no longer in that body. Their body's a shell. If you don't believe in such things, then you can you can just remember that that person has a, a legacy, or, or that person has you know that it's a ripple in the ethos in the you know the eons of time. There was a moment, just a speck of a moment in the history of history in the history of this universe that that person was alive and did stuff, yeah. you know, and they, and they impacted people. They, 
you know, they affected people around them. They, you know, like I said, they had family, they had love, or, or maybe, you know, some people don't, and maybe that's, that's part of the impact. I don't know. It's just, it reminds me that there's, there's something more important than crap. I got to stop and get gas again today. Or, Oh, that person cut me off in traffic or, you know, just the little, even the, clickbait that we've been talking about mm-hmm. there's more important things about you know to this life than just those things and looking at the body of a dead person reminds me that a i'm gonna die and b that person was once here and they, there was an impact that they left and that's what life is all about so so, so i'm reaching maybe but that's so what funerals we, so, do to me nowadays so weird okay so you're saying that that's what a funeral does to you mm-hmm. so but in a way, and don't take this the wrong way, but is it selfish in that way? Because it turns it around on like using that dead body as something for yourself. Maybe it's not a bad way. Like it's a good way for you to reflect on those things and Mm -hmm. to have a different outlook on life because you see that body. But now we've turned it around to where it's not about that body anymore. Now we're talking about I guess just the maybe the fe- effect that it had on me, but it's not about me though, and I think that's where uh, because it's really not about. It. Otherwise, it would just be a dead body, you know. Okay. So, I think that is. I see where you're going, but I don't. I don't think it's selfish in the way that I'm taking the attention away from the person who the funeral is is for. Yeah. Because it's really not about me. It's it's more about the condition of all of us. It's a condition of humanity, condition of people. And we reflect on that person's life. It is a celebration of their life. What was the last funeral? Because I go to funerals, unfortunately, all too often. And the last one I went to, the last one I went to, it was a tough one. It was a friend of mine, uh, my cousin's uh, wife, who I had been close to. They'd been together for a long time, and she suddenly passed away. And even though it was very somber, it was a, it was a sudden death. She has young kids, man, and uh, her my cousin. He's devastated. It's very very difficult to come back from that, of course. And it's going to be for him in other ways, just because of his situation. But we were there. We were cracking jokes. I was talking about how you know she she took care of us at times when she shouldn't have because she had all reason. We would come in at all hours of the night sometimes, and. She, he, you know, of course, he was supposed to be there and, and doing his household duties and whatnot. But uh, you know, he would be out with me and and some other guys. We'd be out having fun and tearing it up and come back two or three o'clock in the morning. And <laughs> he had his stuff all of a sudden was out in the driveway because she had taken it out there, uh, like packed his bags. <laughs> but instead of making him go somewhere else because you know he left that night and went out and partied, whatever. She took us all in and let us all like sleep it off, you know, and, and just telling stories like that while her her body was laid out in front of us. But we were laughing, cracking jokes, even though it was a somber thing, you know, that kind of thing. We, we weren't taking the attention away from her. It was about her. Yeah. Right. But it was also about the good things that she'd done and that humanity. It was, you know, I, I don't know. Somehow we, we can do that without a dead body laying there, I guess. Um. But to me, personally, it reminds me one more time that that, that was that person, and, and they're not there anymore. I don't know. Do you have um, any real thoughts or 
ideas about like cremation versus, uh, you know, putting a body in a casket or, you know, donating your body to science or anything like that. Do you have any reservations one way or another on, on is one not like not good? Like I've, I've heard, I've heard and correct me if I'm wrong, but like in the Catholic faith, you're not supposed to do cremation, right? Is that a thing? Um, I don't know about the Catholic faith in particular. I think I, I've been told that before. I don't know that's for sure, but I'm pretty sure I know that. But I know I've been told that. I know some. I have I've talked to some Christian people who don't think cremation is right because you're defiling the body unnaturally. Is that the same thing with like science too? Donating your body to science. I would imagine it's almost kind of worse, right? Yeah, I would imagine. I would say for me personally, because I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with cremation personally. And for me, I don't care what you do with me; I'm going to be dead. Yeah, it's like I, I think it would be neat if you like actually stuff me, like and, and position me like this, <laughs> just so you come by and give me a high five on your way through, like something. I just, I don't care. I'm gone. It, it doesn't matter to me. Of course, mm-hmm. it's. It's probably going to matter to my family who I leave behind. So they're probably going to not want my my body to be defiled and and to look ridiculous. Uh, but I think the the worst for me would be the the science, just because I don't trust what they're going to do with me. I, I'd rather know that I'm going to be stuffed and, and be in a, in a ridiculous position than who knows what they would do. There was one. I just read about this not too long ago. A guy, I think it was a guy who donated his wife's body to science and the military ended up buying her body from science. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> but they bought her body and put it and used it to test one of their weapons. They blew her up. No see, way, really? See how that, that's, that's what I read, so it must be true, right? Jesus. But I, I did read this and he was, like, he found, I don't know how he found out about it, you know. But I would imagine that that's at least a possibility, you know, if, if you've got enough money, if you donate to science and you think, okay, well, this is going to be a good cause, you know, because I died of, you know, A, B, and C, whatever, COVID, cancer, you name it, you know, so they're going to dissect my body and, and find out hopefully something that can be useful mm-hmm. for people. But instead they sell me and they, they, they burn me up with a flamethrower to see how, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean. Do I care? I, I, no. But at the same time, like, I wanted it to go to this and y'all. Like, I don't know how that process works of, like, saying you're going to be an organ donor or, a, you know, donate your body to science. It seems the joke is, I guess, that it's just like a check mark on your license, right? That you're an organ donor or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's what it seems like. It's just like a. I'm just going to donate my body to science. When I die, science gets me, you know? Yeah. And I guess if you go into it with the intention, like you said, that, okay, they're going to really use my body to try to, uh, if I ha- if I was sick, you know, to, to figure out what caused it and where they can prevent this from happening to other people or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how the process works. Like, do you, when you sign off that you're going to donate your body to science, do you is there like a bunch of fine print that says that science can do whatever they want to with your body? Or do you have to say, you know, choose what organ goes to what research and all that kind of stuff? Or, you know, I don't know how, I don't know how any of that works. I don't either. I don't either. But I mean, you're not going to be around to to find out. Well, and that's the thing though, is like even no matter what you, you choose when you're dead, 
the I mean, you don't have a decision anymore. Right. Your decision was to give up your body. Yeah. And you're dead. So you signed so, it off. Yeah. So should it matter what they do? I mean, I don't really want the military to blow up my body when I'm dead, but I'm also dead. No. So I. I, it, it, I don't. I don't know. I think I would just like like I wouldn't mind being blown up, but I wanted to sign off on that. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Like I, I might do that before I do just about anything. It's like that sounds kind of cool. What so, if they What if they stuff you first and then they blow you up? Have me like this, <laughs> and then they blow me up. <laughs> or like ah. That would, that would be a viral video. For right those there. of you just listening, I was looking like with my hands up in the air so that I looked frightened as if a bomb were coming down on me, and then they blow me up with a bomb. I, I don't know, but organ donors that that's something that. That's that's a tip, that's a difficult one for me to try to decide on as well, because organ donors. I mean, God bless them. Right? You, you need organ donors, right? That's that saved a lot of lives. But you also hear horror stories about people who weren't quite dead and they went ahead and harvested their organs and they they didn't they didn't save their life. If maybe there was a possibility they could have, yeah, because they're like, okay, well, that guy's got a pretty good looking liver there, and yeah. I, I got somebody I know that needs that liver, right. So, yeah, I don't know. That's I'd hate to be in that situation too. Although I don't think my my liver is going to be any good for anybody. <laughs> I think I probably <laughs> probably ruined that for everybody. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> did uh, did I messaged you the other day and I asked you if you had seen that movie? Don't look up. Yeah. Did you ever get a chance to watch it? I watched about half of it before I couldn't watch it anymore. Before you bailed? No, I. It was bedtime. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I don't have a whole lot of time. Okay, I get um, it. Well, I, that could have went to yeah. one of two ways when you say when I couldn't watch it anymore. I didn't know if it was just no, like no, this no. is terrible and I. No, no, no. Okay, no, I, I, I just I thought that was a uh, fun. Yeah, like I, I've basically seen people on uh, social media both on both on one one or the other side. Yeah. They absolutely hated it uh-huh. or they absolutely loved it, and I. From the half that you've seen, I don't know if I don't know what where you stand on that. Uh, but, I don't remember where I left off. But if anybody who hasn't seen it, I'm not going to give anything away. But it's it's the funniest thing to me in the movie was, you know, it, it's basically these people who have realized that there's a comet coming towards Earth, and they're in mm-hmm. it's it's a group of scientists. Yeah, it's a group of scientists and, at Michigan. Michigan or Michigan State, something like that, mm-hmm. um, who have decided or have realized that there's a, an a, a comet headed mm-hmm. towards Earth, big enough that once it hits, it's going to basically take out all humankind and the Earth itself. Yeah, and uh, th- so they go to the president of the United States and lay this out to them that we have this amount of days, and all the way down to the second of this is when this is going to happen. They're like, and they're like, w- they're not listening. They're, they're like, okay, well, when this is, when this is going to happen? And they're like, this day. Like, we have the, all the calculations that say, this is how long we have. 100% certainty. Well, but they said it was like 99 point something. And they're like, well, we can't go to the press and tell the press that this is happening if there's not 100% certainty. And then all of a sudden, they're, they fudge numbers and it's like, well, there's only 30, 35% chance that this won't happen or something. So they're like changing because it's not 100%. Mm-hmm. It's, but I mean, science is that's how science is, right? Like it's never a hundred percent. Yeah. Right. My, my recollection though, it, what, what I remember is that 
the president, she said she didn't. You can't come in here saying it's one hundred percent. Nothing is on. You don't. You don't right. go to the media when something's one hundred percent. You never okay. tell them that. Okay, maybe that's so. What I, it was, so then. I think it, then they they went down to like it was like ninety. Might have been ninety nine. I was thinking ninety seven point something, whatever. And then kind of got their attention a little more so. Yeah. But what happened was it wasn't just that they were just not interested. It was the constant distraction of something else. For them, it was the politics of things, mm-hmm. right? Well, how is this going to look on the media? You know, how are we going to, you know, this and that. Yeah. It was just one thing after another where they, they just didn't grasp, they didn't grasp the, the gravity, you know, no pun intended, but they, did, they just didn't grasp the, the, how big of a deal this was. Earth was going to be destroyed mm-hmm. by a comet that was bigger than the one that took out the dinosaurs, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, it was less than panic. It was like almost like barely a nuisance for them mm-hmm. to like, you know, accept this fact that this was about to happen. Yeah. And everybody's lives just is the same way according to their specific roles, according to their, each of their respective roles that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the way up to the president, and it was it was a very it was an intriguing movie because of that. It just showed how people's response um, to something so serious is watered down by the day to day drama, yeah, basically of everything else. Well, I just I thought it was funny, like the people who, their reactions on social media, the people who hated it. They're like, "This is the stupidest movie I've ever seen," and I'm like. I mean, I didn't get in there and fight and argue with people and ask why, but mm-hmm. I, I was curious why, if you're looking at it just because you think it, like you say you hate it because the acting sucks or you don't like, like because there's a lot of big names in that movie. Yeah. And if they, if you think, I mean, it was, it's kind of cheesy a little, a little bit uh, f- f- in the roles for big names to be playing, I guess. Um. I can see that, but like if you look at the movie, if you watch the movie for what it's really explaining and what it's really talking about, I don't know how you could hate it or or dislike it that much, unless you're just you just are one of those people that you see on social media that so many people are ranting, raving about this, and you have to be on the other side of it. I saw one post in particular where I think someone had an expectation that this was a funny ha ha comedy. It's not like a, a rolling on the floor, holding your belly type of mm-hmm. laughing comedy. Yeah, it's it's ironic. It is sarcastic type of comedy where it's like, oh crap, this is just like, in a sense, it, it, you've got to use, I guess, a little bit of your imagination too. It's not the kind of movie where it just presents itself mm-hmm. as as what it is. It, it's a it's a deeper type of. You have to think about it. Yeah, right. You got You got to do a little bit of the legwork. In order to really grasp the whole concept, you've got to translate what's going on there and and compare it and contrast it to what's going on in the actual world. Right. And then you're like, I see where this is going. I see what they're doing here. Which is which is, uh, I think I I somebody had posted on social media, and I think and I sent it to you that what their reaction was on it, and it's basically exactly what you're saying. Yeah, he didn't find it funny at all. Well, I don't right? Wasn't no, that the same one? No. So he was basically uh comparing it to what's going on in in the world today, not for what the movie was, but for like comparing it to what's actually going on today. And he thought it was crazy that they got away with making a movie like this that's about what's going on now, but they made it about something else. 
so he he sees the comparison and he sees what the movie is actually about. Uh, but he's think he he thinks it's interesting that Hollywood got away with making a movie about what's going on in life today, without making it about what's going on in life today. Hmm. And I, I I don't know. It something clicked for me when I read that. I was like that. I mean, it does it does make sense. Like if they if they actually were trying to make this exact movie about what it's actually about, they hmm. couldn't have got away with doing it. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, I think that also makes it more ironic. Yeah. You know, that they made it about something as dire as a comet because they took, I mean, it, it could be about COVID or, or it could be about a number of things that go on war that, you know, or, or the economic collapse mm-hmm. or a lot of things that go on in the world that are, are pretty much, in a sense, at least to a degree, impending doom. Yeah. But they took it and they, took it to the extreme and put it in the form of a comma that's going to destroy the entire planet. Yeah. It, it couldn't get any worse than that, right? The the entire planet is in threat to be destroyed, mm-hmm. right? So that, that you know, I may have given, I don't think it's a spoiler alert. It, there really isn't much of a spoiler alert, at least what I've seen so far. Like I said, I've only been through about half, a little over half. Yeah. So you couldn't get any worse than that thing. And that's, that's like I said, where the irony really comes into play because everybody is still acting like, well, it's just business as usual, politics as usual, things like that. But at the same time, though, if you, if you take COVID, for instance, what's going on today, there are other, there's also the opposite of that too. There are people who are in constant, like, uh, catastrophic mode, right? Mm-hmm. This is crisis. They, they catastrophize everything about it. They, I still know people who are locked in their their house and they won't come out without a mask, and, and they're double vaxxed and they <laughs> boosters and you name it. I mean, they're still like they would wish they had the head to toe Tyvek suits, mm-hmm. the space suits to come out and and not touch anything that's unclean, right? They're just the whole thing is a crisis to them. Um, I don't know how they live like that. I don't know how. I, I, I mean, I don't want to get sick. I don't want my family to get sick. But I also want to live the life that I do have mm-hmm. and not live in fear, right? Um, so there's also the opposite of that. You know, not everybody is just like, ah, eh, well, you know, here comes the comet or here comes COVID. No big whoop. Just you know, the government trying to control us, mm-hmm. which you know, um, I don't know. So I, I could see both sides of that. But the, the movie was good. It was very good because it just portrays how. It, society, it's kind of clickbaity, just how it's it's you know whatever's the drama that's presenting itself now is more important than this impending doom that's coming on us, and right. and it just shows kind of how shallow our culture and society has become. Yeah, it's good. And uh, one little interesting tidbit to go with that movie too. I don't know if you heard this or not. Did you hear about the whole uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Meryl Streep thing with her butt? I don't think so. So. No spoiler here at all, but there is a part in the movie where Meryl Streep shows her butt, and Meryl Streep agreed to doing that. She was fine with doing that, but Leonardo DiCaprio was not okay with it because she's a legend in his eyes in in acting, so he made them do a body double instead (laughs) of her doing it herself, which I understand it, and it's it's cool. Like, I guess that he has such respect for somebody. Uh, but if for anybody who doesn't know that story, they think it's her butt, right? So if you watch the movie and you see the part where it shows her butt, 
most people probably think that's her that's her butt and nobody cares right, right. yeah so it's weird I so why does it really matter yeah why does it really I guess, ma- I guess because he knows yeah so but i don't know what an ego though yeah i mean yeah he made it about her but the fact that he holds her to legendary status and he thinks that she shouldn't show her butt, even though she agreed to do so. I mean, I'd say at the end of the day, if a legend wants to show their butt, you let that <laughs> legend show their butt. You know what I'm saying? I think, we, I think we just found the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you let the legend show their butt. You're right. <laughs> Legends butt. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though? Mm-hmm. If, if she, like, if that's her decision, that's the decision of a legend. You stick by that decision, right? Okay, yeah. And to me, that makes her even more so legendary because she is a, a very accomplished actress. Actress, she's been around forever, and she's still willing to to show her butt. I, I assume she was mooning somebody or something. What was the? Or she just like get caught I, in I a situation? I don't want to. I don't want to say okay, because okay. It, it will actually that will be a spoiler. It could be a spoiler. Okay, yeah. but um, even so, I mean that's it, it's her. I mean that's her choice. And so you say, I, I, I nod my head and I say, yep, that's a legend. Because she has like solidified her place in movie stardom so that she can show her butt or she doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. She could have requested a butt double. But, you know, so that, that, to me, that just comes back to Leonardo's ego. Okay. I get why he's doing it. He's putting her up on a pedestal, but still, you know, get over yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Get over herself and let her show her butt. Who, who ever heard of a butt <laughs> double anyway? <laughs> they they got to be called bubbles, right? Butt doubles, bubbles, maybe. Get that bubble in here. Uh huh. <laughs> that, that might be offensive to some. What'd you, uh, what'd you say about my butt? Yeah, I probably edit, I'll probably edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think you leave it in. I just think it might be offensive to someone who. Uh, would be would you think they think you're calling their posterior fat? Mm, good point. Anyway, hmm. I don't know. Bubble butt is all. <laughs> bubble. That, that's what I was thinking. You called it a bubble. A I think, butt I, double. I think our conversation is deteriorating. Yeah, yeah, it deteriorated. It's time to get quick. out of here. <laughs> it happened quick. <laughs> Just like that comment. <laughs> all right, man. Right, it's good to be here. back in studio. Yes, sir.